The Single Tracks podcast is brought to you by TPC, the pros closet. Now is the perfect time to upgrade, and TPC has an industry-leading selection of new and certified pre-owned bikes, plus frames, wheels, and accessories. Each certified pre-owned bike is inspected, tested, and serviced, and every bike includes 30-day returns. Visit tpc.bike forward slash singletracks and enter code singletracks40 to save $40 on every order over 200 That's the pros closet at tpc.bike slash singletracks. And look for the link and coupon code in the show notes. Hey everybody, welcome to the Singletracks podcast. My name is Jeff and today my guest is Nicole D'Andrea Russert. Nicole is a registered dietitian nutritionist and the author of the Vegan Athletes Nutrition Handbook. Her website, Purely Planted, offers tips for adding more plants to our diets. And like me, she's based right here in Atlanta. Thanks for joining me, Nicole. Thanks for having me today, Jeff. I'm excited to be here. So tell us a bit about your background. How'd you get interested in nutrition? Mm. I think I owe a lot of it to my parents, to be honest. I, they've always been active. And since high school, we had one of those basement gyms, you know, one of those universal, universal workout systems downstairs mm. and learned, you know, a little bit from them on weight training and got into a practice of just taking walks. And, and I went to school for design initially and found myself just continuing on the movement path and running and biking and realizing that nutrition was kind of like forming how I felt during the day during college and Mm. made the switch from design and went to school for nutrition. And yeah. And then just since then, it's just been my passion. It's evolved a lot. Um, In my initial years, my first half of my career was clinical and Mm. traditional just traditional clinical medicine. I worked in hospitals for much of the time. And um, it was like the food guide pyramid way back when, when I was in school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, over the years, it's evolved really since 2007 into plant-based eating. It's my, my passion for plants started in 2007 and it's just evolved since then Mm. and um, brought me to where I am now. Yeah. Well, yeah, it sounds like you kind of grew up with this like healthy lifestyle and I assume nutrition was a part of that. Like as a kid, did you, did you like eating vegetables? Like that seems, I don't know. Most kids I know don't, but yeah. Were you, were you (laughs) someone who did? Uh, No, it wasn't. I was definitely, and I still don't love peas. Um, but I, (laughs) okay. We're on the same page there. Um, yeah, I still have to like sneak them into meals. My husband loves them. Like when I'm picking them out on the side of my plate, (laughs) but yeah, no, actually it was a very, there really wasn't that much of that. We grew up during a time where it was, uh, let's see, I played softball. So we did do every once in a while, like the fast food. And I think it was just traditional kid background. Like, you know, we were always in sports. So sometimes TV dinners, Mm -hmm. my mom did cook though. She cooked a lot at the time. You know, I wasn't focused on plants. She made, we had everything from like steak and noodles to, you know, a side vegetable. I think what like a a lot of standard plates look like, Mm -hmm. you know, just a meat and uh, a starchy food and a vegetable. And that's how I grew Mm -hmm. up. Pasta, however, and you know, for listeners on your podcast that, that, appreciate their carbohydrates for fueling. I was definitely known as like the last person at the table to finish the last bite of pasta. I could down a pound of pasta so easily yeah. from when I was a kid till now. Like that's just one of my favorite things. And maybe it's my Italian background, but yeah, I think it was a pretty standard like plate, you know, it was meat, starchy food and vegetable. Yeah. There wasn't an emphasis on plants. Like, like, you know, that's so everything is so plant centric right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, I think you're right. Like a lot of our listeners are active. A lot of them are athletes. um, And yeah, carbs, like we get it. We love carbs. And that that part of like a plant-based diet, I think makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. And they're like, yes, that's what I will eat is just all carbs. But obviously (laughs) that's, that's not going to work. That's not going to be enough. And your book again is, is tailored toward vegan athletes for the vegan athletes that you work with. Like is improving their athletic performance the primary reason that they're adopting this plant-based diet or 
do you find that a lot of people it's like something else that's the initial reason for them, you know, pursuing this kind of diet? I do find the initial reason for a lot of the folks that I see, I would say the demographic is between 40 and 60, maybe like, you know, mid thirties. Um, a lot of it is performance mm. and some of it, physical appearance, building more muscle, losing body fat, mm-hmm. and just overall health, to be honest, like okay. performance, but it also helped like sleep. I would say actually a lot of people come for performance and the physical, like the aesthetics of it. And then they find themselves seeing different benefits that they didn't know they needed. Mm. I think the number one thing that I see is and I, I, I want to mention before I go into there, that also sometimes it's like a medical, it's like a family medical history. Like, you know, my mm, father has yeah. got high cholesterol, cardiovascular disease runs in the family and they want to reduce their risk of that. So sometimes it's lifestyle disease related. I will see the number one thing that I see though, when folks come to me looking to add more plant-based foods to their plate is better sleep, hmm. hands down. Like they're like, I had no idea. I think the number huh. thing that they notice immediately is sleeping better. And that's kind of across the board. Like I think they, they either fall asleep more quickly or they realize they stay asleep longer. They have more sound sleep. That's like hmm. the first thing that I see happen or skin health. They'll see their skin looks more hmm. vibrant. Um, so those are some of the immediate things. Now, like with a younger generation, I will say a lot of um, I have nieces and nephews that are, you know, in their 20s or, you know, 18 to say like mid 20s and friends with kids the same age. Now I'm finding through conversations with them, a lot of them are coming to me for diet advice, but it's mostly environmentally driven. I think with the younger generation, yeah. they are very driven um, to eat more plants for the planet. I think they see their mm. future and later years and seeing, you know, so much that's happening right now with agriculture, losing crops, flooding, fires, mm. all of that. And they, I think they just feel compelled to take action in some way. And plant-based eating is one way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That was always kind of my perception was that, you know, people would choose this diet for like animal welfare reasons or uh, the environment. Um, and for me, I would say that mindset kind of changed when I saw the Netflix documentary Game Changers back in 2019. Mm. And I have a number of friends who are cyclists uh, who are vegetarian. And for me, that just kind of connected it. It was like, oh, huh, like maybe these two things are related and like maybe that is something that can help your athletic performance. And so, yeah, for me, that I changed in 2019. I I stopped eating meat and stuck with that for about three years um, back to eating meat. But, But yeah, the athletic performance gains for me, that that's a very compelling reason. And I think we're going to get into some of the benefits that, that people see by adopting this plant-based diet. Yeah. And I can share just based on what you mentioned, like, you know, things that kind of like motivate people or inspire people to eat more plants. It's different for everybody. And I just like... Mm-hmm. Really appreciate, I appreciate you sharing, you know, what kind of opened up your eyes a little to like, you know, okay, you could actually gain some benefit from eating more plants. And yeah, for me, it was animals. I actually see less of that in my practice. I think because Hmm. I'm not sure why it's like something that I think about often, but you know, I, I really want to help more. Like I find that people who, not everybody, but some vegans who go vegan for ethical reasons aren't as concerned about the nutritional component. We want everybody who's vegan to be healthy. We want them Mm -hmm. to sustain the diet. And a lot of times folks go vegan for ethical reasons and they end up going back to eating meat because they're not getting all the nutrients that they need or they're feeling fatigue. And it's just because they're not, you know, maybe there's something missing in their meal planning. But for me, and that happened to me personally, even with my dietitian background, Mm. for me, I had a chocolate company from 2000. I started it in 2007 and made it an officially made it officially a company in 2009. It was open until 2018. And through the company, I was not vegan when I had the chocolate company, mm. but I learned I, the chocolate ended up being vegan by nature. Cause I wanted to add healthy plant-based foods to dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. So it was like dark chocolate, adding blueberries to it and green tea and walnuts and pumpkin seeds. Cause I knew these foods had nutritional benefits. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to create a healthy dark chocolate and through the chocolate company, I started to really dive into the research of the ingredients I was using and just mm-hmm. like blown away by some of the powerful benefits that they offered, but also through the chocolate company. And I ended up going vegetarian because of it, okay. but through the chocolate company, 
because it was naturally vegan, I partnered with a lot of animal welfare organizations and I was doing an event with an organization called Mercy for Animals, an animal welfare organization based out in Los Angeles, California, where I was living at the time. And they showed a factory farming video and I was still eating dairy at that time. And um, I mean, like, dairy at every meal and snack, like just Mm -hmm. all dairy. And I saw a factory farming video and that did it for me at the dairy factory farm. And I'm like, you know what? I can't Mm. do this. You know, I I had no idea. It's just like that education. You know, I, as a dietitian, I was trained to recommend that people drink milk Mm -hmm. every, with each meal and (laughs) cheese is part of a healthy diet. And, you know, I've been advocating for this and, but I never really looked at how, milk got to our plate you know, in the glass <laughs> and how cheese got on our plate. You know, I never yeah. considered that. And it was in that moment, it was a light bulb moment for me. And I said, for ethical reasons, I can't do it anymore. So I stopped, but it was a learning process for me, even personally having the dietitian background. We, I was not taught in school how to create a healthy, sustainable plant-based diet. So it was yeah. a couple of years of like really putting things together, learning how to prepare meals mm-hmm. with beans instead of, uh, you know, relying on cheese as my protein. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was very different and it took some time. So, but I can just, you know, I, I've realized that people come to, uh, you know, want to eat more plants for different reasons. And mm-hmm. it, it's a process. It takes time. We can talk more about that and, and how to add more plants to the plate, but yeah. everyone's story is different and motivation is different. Yeah. Yeah. So be careful what, what you watch or what you, what you read about. Cause yeah, it could change your, change your mind. And I just, you know, to speak to your experience too, and with your book being this resource for folks who are trying to figure out like, how do I fuel myself as an athlete? How do I get stronger, faster, with this sort of diet, like I, I just remember watching the the documentary and and getting pumped up and being like, oh my gosh, like look at these athletes that you know get these huge benefits from being vegetarian or being vegan. You know, I want to do that too, and so I, I just jumped into it and was like, okay, I guess I'll just stop eating meat. But there's like way more to it than that. Like you need to understand, sort of, yeah. Well, like where are you going to get these other nutrients that you need? So yeah, I think we we all kind of come to that place and, and need a resource like this. So you you talk about a lot of the advantages that a plant based diet can have for athletes in particular, and one of the ones that I love talking about is recovery. And you know, I feel like it's something you know. Again, as athletes, we understand if we want to get faster and stronger, like we need to train, we need to do exercise, but recovery is a huge part of that, and. From what I understand, a plant-based diet helps with recovery and reduces inflammation. So tell us a little bit about how that works. Sure. Yes, this is definitely one of the biggest advantages of eating more plants or adding more plants to your plate Mm. um, is recovery. If you think about the saying that we all know, eat the rainbow and, or, you know, Mm. eat more fruits Mm -hmm. and veggies. Yes. You think about all the colors Mm -hmm. that plant-based foods provide. These colors come from phytochemicals, which are um, compounds that plants make in defense to the environment. So Mm -hmm. to prevent them from the insects, the environmental, any kind of weather related things, this is what protects plants from the environment. When we eat them, then it produces colors. Mm Mm-hmm. When we eat them, they're beneficial to us. So there are thousands of phytochemicals in plants. And these phytochemicals, many of them act like antioxidants. So they Mm. fight inflammation, they scavenge free radicals, including inflammation that comes from meat. So for example, we know that you hear in the media so much about saturated fat. There's always Mm -hmm. a debate, you know, is it really bad for you? Is it there are people on both sides of the fence. I mean, saturated fat, um, there is good evidence that it can increase cholesterol levels and contribute Mm -hmm. to cardiovascular disease, but it's also inflammatory. Hmm. And it's not just the saturated fat. It's inflammatory because yes, it can impair, it's found mostly 
in higher quantities in animal products, but it can impair blood flow. It can also disrupt your gut microbiome. Hmm. And when your gut microbiome is disrupted, that can create inflammation in the gut can also lead to systemic inflammation, which can manifest in ways in athletes as joint pain or brain fog, or, you know, can affect everything from physical to mental health. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that when you studies have shown, you know, when, when folk, when people eat, say a, a meal that has meat in it and they're getting mm-hmm. the saturated fat from the meat, but they have a cup of strawberries after that meal, the phytochemicals in those strawberries can mitigate some of the effects the, the inflammatory effects mm. from the saturated fat in the meat. So plants are just, I think it just demonstrates like plants are so powerful, but the same thing happens. Another example, meat and dairy um, and the saturated fat in them is saturated fat also stores pollutants from the environment. One example is um, there's a chemical called uh, a pollutant called dioxin mm-hmm. that is high in meat, dairy, and fish. And um, when we eat animal products that are high in saturated fat and our body breaks down the saturated fat, dioxins are released in our body Mm. and they they can become inflammatory as well. And it's hard for us to get rid of the dioxins, but eating plants can, the phytochemicals in plants can significantly get rid of, help to detox the effects of the dioxin. Mm. So they're just so powerful. And that's just like, you know, a couple of examples, but there are, you know, pollutants in our everyday environment all the time. We're exposed to things in the air or like, you know, pesticides in our food, if we're not choosing organic and which is hard to do all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the more colorful plant-based foods that you eat, the more phytochemicals you're getting and the more antioxidant effects you're getting from these phytochemicals. The other thing about plant-based foods is fiber, which you can't get in animal products. Hmm. More that Less than 5% of the American population um, gets enough fiber. In fact, most people get less than 15 grams a day. And Mm. most experts recommend 30 to 40 grams of fiber a day. And fiber is the foundation. We see gut health all over the media now. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with gut health because they're fueling performance and Mm -hmm. probably know the effects of gut health on performance and inflammation. But gut health is a foundation, fiber is a foundation for gut health and you only get that through plants. So by simply adding more plant-based foods to your plate, you can boost your fiber intake and that fosters good good gut health, which again leads to less Acute inflammation, long-term inflammation can help with recovery. It helps better absorption of um, essential nutrients mm-hmm. that help with recovery. It also can support a healthy immune system, obviously, mm-hmm. to ride, you know, strong and long. You want a healthy immune system. So it does so much. We can have a whole podcast on fiber <laughs> and gut health. But, <laughs> but yeah, those are two big reasons that plants really help to support recovery is really through those phytochemicals and the fiber Hmm. that help to fight inflammation. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you kind of, you kind of jumped all the way to my last question, which I don't need to ask now, but I will say it just to be clear, like, you know, what you're saying is that adding plants to your diet or more plants to your diet can benefit everyone. Like this is not, this is not a podcast about like you should be vegan or you should be vegetarian or anything like that. This is just understanding the benefits to eating more plants. And it sounds like, um, even if you are eating meat, there are plants you can have with your meat that are going to help sort of dispel some of those effects. And I also, I can't help but think about the thing you mentioned at the beginning, which is a lot of people report better sleep uh, once they're on a more plant-based diet. And I know for me, for sure, like I've noticed if I have any kind of like soreness, like whether it's like joint soreness or whatever, like I, I don't sleep as well. And Mm. so, you know, eliminating that can certainly help your sleep. And then obviously we all know sleep is a huge part of recovery. And so, yeah, it's, it's fascinating that there are so many links to that just from getting those nutrients the way that you should. Yeah, the um the sleep topic is so interesting and yeah, it's so all interrelated, right? You have to in order to perform well, 
need a good night's sleep. And that's your time when you are recovering. And like you said, then to reduce inflammation, eating well plays a big part in that. And that helps you sleep well. So like they're also interrelated. And Mm -hmm. yeah, that's another thing about plant is now a good time to talk about sleep for a second and how plants support sleep. (laughs) There are research studies showing the effects of fiber. And I think that's like really the biggest component in in supporting when, what I see in my own practice, when folks come back to me and they're like, wow, I'm like sleeping like a baby. Mm. I really think it's due to the fiber component because so Mm. many people aren't getting enough fiber. Once they boost their fiber intake, they sleep better. And there's solid research to support that when you consume enough fiber and have high adequate fiber at your dinner time hours before Mm -hmm. bedtime you get into more deep beta wave sleep you sleep you fall asleep more quickly you sleep more soundly with less interruptions compared to say Mm. again going back to saturated fat they've compared fiber studies have compared fiber with saturated fat from animal products, um, also processed foods, and mm-hmm. obviously high sugar intake can um, affect your sleep. It causes blood sugar swings, which can mm-hmm. disrupt your sleep, and, and then, of course, caffeine. But yeah, definitely the fiber component. And then also there are certain plant-based foods that can help. And tart cherry juice is one of them, which you can also use to help with recovery, athletic performance, and then it also helps to promote good sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there I have a blog on my website just about sleep with just some healthy eating tips and in the book um we have a whole chapter there's a whole chapter dedicated to sleep with some tips on what to eat to support a good sleep cool yeah that's super helpful well so another one of the things uh that there's support for this idea that eating less saturated fats and cholesterol can help improve athletic performance So uh, in what ways does it help endurance athletes specifically? I know for me, that was kind of my motivation. You know, I'm a, I'm a guy who likes to, you know, run and I don't mind climbing on my bike. Like I, my aerobic sort of endurance fitness is kind of, that's the thing that I focus on. And so for me, that, that was part of the the compelling reason to, to try a plant-based diet. So, so is there like a link between eating less saturated fat and cholesterol with this sort of endurance performance. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the uh, game changers too earlier. So you yeah. remember the scene where they showed the, sorry, the blood, uh, the, yeah. the vials uh, when they had a high saturated fat. Yeah. I don't know if that means anything, but it, yeah, but it was super visual <laughs> and you're just like, wait, what? Like that's what the blood looks like. And yeah. And for me, I'll say too briefly that I did notice some gains in like VO2 max within the first, like, few months of, of kind of cutting meat out of my diet. And I I went back and was like, is there support for this? Like, is this, are these Mm. two things related? And I I feel like maybe I made it up from the movie, but yeah, you can fill us in on kind of how that, how that's related if at all. Yeah, no, I love that you, you saw that result and in your own performance. And that I think is so important as well, like just taking some of what you see, whether it's in a movie or it's in the research and applying it to your own training to see how it affects you because everyone is so individualized. Mm, But the fact that you noted that and just, just being aware of what Mm -hmm. foods fuel you and Mm -hmm. make you feel great and fuel your performance, your, both your physical and your mental performance is so important. Saturated fat, yes. I mean, it can it can affect the viscosity of the blood and blood mm-hmm. flow, so which is going to impair the oxygen delivery okay. to your cells. So it can absolutely affect your VO two max. And um, then there are plant based foods that help to dilate dilate and increase blood flow and bring mm. more oxygen to the cells. So plant foods contain. Uh, substances called not all, but some are higher than others. Nitrates mm-hmm. and nitrates, like things like beets. Of course, we know beet juice that can potentially boost performance. Also, leafy greens, celery, dark chocolate has nitrates, and nitrates are converted into nitric oxide. So this dilates the blood flow and it helps to lower the blood pressure and allows for more oxygen delivery to our cells and our organs. Mm-hmm. That is separated from saturated fat. But I think the combination, like if you if you consume saturated fat, first of all saturated fat is not readily used as energy compared to unsaturated fat so there is that 
more difficult for our body to convert saturated fat into ready to use energy compared to an unsaturated fat, say coming from nuts and seeds, mm-hmm. like an omega three fatty acids. So focusing on healthier plant based fats can potentially help with performance. And then also incorporating some of these plant based foods that can offer some nitrates to the diet and mm. which converts to nitric oxide. So again, like leafy greens, the beets, celery, dark chocolate, there are many plant based foods that can contribute to that. So okay. yeah, it's a saturated fat more so than the cholesterol. Um, and then again, also the implement the inflammatory effects of saturated fat that I mentioned mm-hmm. before, there's the indirect effect that it can disrupt gut, gut microbiome, which can impair nutrient absorption. Mm-hmm. And that can indirectly affect performance. So hmm. yeah, there are several ways. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I grew up in the nineties when reduced fat, low fat, no fat, like that was the thing where like everything, you know, we were kind of conditioned to think of fat as like a bad thing. And obviously saturated fat is, but at the same time, fat is one of the three main macronutrients uh, that everybody needs. And, you know, you mentioned that our bodies use fat as energy. And obviously, as an athlete, it's important to have lots of energy. What are there challenges with getting enough fat? Like, how do you know if you're not getting enough fat if you're on sort of a plant based diet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so funny you mentioned the '90s. Same I, snack wells just popped into yes, my head when snack, you. That's, a, that's, a, that's the picture I had in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So gosh, I think I ate them by the sleeve while I was on that fat-free train too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the challenges. What's interesting now? It, it depends. You, definitely, I've seen some ultra-low-fat diets. People who those who are eating a lot of carbohydrate and Mm -hmm. focusing on, you know, their protein in terms of plant-based eating beans, obviously have a lot of carbohydrate and protein, but they're not a good, great source of fat, but nuts and Mm -hmm. seeds. And when you start to incorporate a variety of protein sources, I find that a lot of folks, at least in my practice, are protein is like their nutrient of focus. They're trying to get enough protein. So when eating plants to get enough protein, you want to kind of diversify what you're eating. So beans, yes, of course, that's an obvious one. But when you start incorporating nuts and seeds and using nut and seed butters in various applications, tahini and sauces and dressings, you and you know, consuming avocado and making that Mm -hmm. a part of your staple diet. It's really easy. In fact, I find a lot of the plant-based diets that um, I analyze for folks ends up being like 25 to 30% fat Hmm. when they're incorporating a wide variety of protein, plant-based protein sources. Hmm. Um, But again, like it, it can go the other way. So processed foods, processed vegan foods that are lower in, in fat, that are higher in sugar, or, you know, folks that just resort to just go vegan. I see sometimes, you know, a lot of pasta, a lot of very carbohydrate rich diets, and maybe mm-hmm. aren't getting enough essential fatty acids. And fat, as you mentioned, is so important is definitely can for endurance rides, you know, especially your you're utilizing fat for a source of energy. Mm-hmm. Also, it's so essential for absorbing um, fat-soluble nutrients, vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin K, your fat-soluble nutrients, and um, carotenoids. So it's important, and of course, for hormones. So you asked about, you know, how do you know if you're not getting enough fat? Mm-hmm. For women, it could manifest um, either like with hypocaloric intake where they're not getting enough calories or not enough fat that could manifest as amenorrhea, mm. not getting regular menstrual cycles. Mm. There could be a hormone imbalance. You could see maybe in the case of omega-3 fatty acids, which a lot of people aren't getting vegan or not, mm-hmm. aren't getting enough omega-3 fatty acids. Our diets tend to be Standard American diet is higher in saturated fat, Mm -hmm. but also uh, most folks' diets are higher in um, omega-6 fatty acids and not omega-3. And omega-3s are essential for hair, skin, nails, brain. They're anti-inflammatory, so so much. So you may notice specifically with omega-3 fatty acids, uh, it could be manifest as joint pain, um, inflammation. It can manifest as like hair, skin, and nail pro- issues. The brain, the cognition 
can happen over time. There is a test called the omega-3 index that can look at your blood levels of omega-3. You could see if you're getting enough. If you have folks that are eating fish several times a week, then they may be mm-hmm. getting enough. But I, a lot of plant-based, um, those who are on an all-plant-based diet, I typically recommend that they get the omega-3 index mm-hmm. tested just to okay. see that they're getting enough. On a plant-based diet, there are a handful of foods that have omega-3s, chia seeds, walnuts, mm. hemp seeds, flax meal, wonderful sources of omega-3s. In fact, they deliver just a couple of tablespoons, more than more omega-3s that we need in a day. But the um, type of omega-3 that we need for our brain is different than what's found in those seeds. And our body mm. can convert to the type of omega-3 found in the seeds and the nuts that, that our bodies can convert it, but it's at a very small rate and it differs for each individual. Okay. So some people may have a very efficient conversion mm-hmm. and they, if they consume these like chia seeds and flax meal daily and they have an efficient conversion, they may be okay, but others may not be as efficient. So I typically, if folks aren't getting their omega-3 index checked, mm-hmm. And this goes for, again, non-vegans who aren't eating fish and incorporating these seeds. I typically recommend an omega-3 fatty acid supplement Mm -hmm. in the form of algae, just because it's more sustainable than a fish supplement. Hmm. And it's, and it, it is a direct source of the type of omega-3s that we need for our brain and to reduce inflammation. Hmm. So, so yeah, so I would say bottom line, it is actually, you know, if you're incorporating a wide variety of plant-based foods, you can easily get enough fat on a plant-based diet. The omega-3s is really the area where I recommend people either have a test done or supplement with dietary algae supplements for omega-3s. Yeah, that's that's good to know. And I think too, you know, like we said before, like for athletes, the carbohydrates, that's an easy thing. Like that's one of the three macronutrients. Then you have fat. And then the last one is protein, uh, which you mentioned. And Obviously, good sources of that plant-based are like beans and nuts and seeds. But yeah, it seems like you do have to kind of get creative in finding these things. And and again, that's why a book like yours is is helpful because, yeah, these are not like things that you see on every table necessarily or maybe would think to eat. I mean, chia seeds, yeah, I mean, they're delicious, but it's not something that a lot of people are familiar with. Um, so yeah, what, what are some of the challenges with that? Like in terms of getting protein, is that difficult for vegans or is that, is that pretty easy as well? Well, again, going back to, um, those who are maybe going vegan for ethical reasons, sometimes I'll see it's, you know, if it's vegan, it's fine. If it doesn't have any animal products, but like, it's possible to eat a lot of processed foods and not get enough protein or, those who are not consuming enough calories may not be getting enough protein. Um, and then athletes, of course, athletes have higher protein needs. Right. So you're right. It can be, I mean, I think the shift in the mindset, you know, if you're used to having meat on the plate or consuming dairy, if you're vegetarian, it's kind of a, you don't really have to think much about it. You just, mm-hmm. you just do it and you know, you're yeah. getting some protein. So there is a, a, a little bit of a mental shift there. And once you, start making some meal plans. I think it's small steps. As I mentioned, it was the same for me. And I kind of went uh, vegetarian in steps and then went to vegan and it was a learning process. But now I randomly will calculate, you know, what I'm eating in a day. And I'm usually way over my protein needs Mm. just by adding everything up. I think we forget, like there's some plant, there are just some superstars in the plant kingdom that are full of protein that we don't really think of. You mentioned beans, nuts, and seeds. I think that's like, you know, one that we're all familiar with, but Mm -hmm. the lesser known protein stars are whole grains. And a lot of folks don't think of them, even complete proteins. We Mm -hmm. have this, just to debunk this for a second, (laughs) um, all plants have all amino acids. So there's Mm, the notion there is the, there was once a thought where plants are, are missing some essential amino acids. All plants have all amino acids. They all have the building blocks. Some plants um, have what's called a limiting amino acid. So maybe one amino acid may be a little bit lower, you know, not equivalent to say egg or soy. Soy has adequate amounts of all nine essential amino acids. Um, and there are lots of other plant-based foods that have adequate amounts of all nine essential amino acids, mm. including buckwheat, quinoa, amaranth. So some of these pseudo grains that we don't 
think about a cup of quinoa has eight grams of protein, a cup of amaranth has nine, teff, if you ever have Ethiopian food, Teff has 10 grams of protein per cup. So if you've ever had injera, the bread that you use to scoop up the Ethiopian food is injera is a great source of protein. Mm. And teff also two other nutrients of concern for lots of athletes, iron and calcium. Teff is just packed with iron and calcium. So whole grains, um, and you know, we're speaking to a carb loving crowd. I, I would definitely encourage diversification in carbs. I think we often think of, at least I know it like when I was training pasta and potatoes with my go-to mm-hmm. and they're easy and they're, you know, quick carbohydrate and it's, it's, they're delicious, of course, and um, just familiar foods. But diversifying a bit with some of these other whole grains can add more nutrients. It adds, um, they can add lots of protein to your plate and various types of fiber that helps to diversify Mm, gut microbiome. So that brings us back to like the inflammatory component and the recovery by adding diverse plant-based foods, you're diversifying the fiber, which diversifies your own gut microbiome, Mm -hmm. which can help to keep inflammation at bay, which can help with recovery, which can help with sleep, which so it's like a whole effect and enhanced performance. So Mm -hmm. yeah. So back to the protein, whole grains, and then the other nutritional yeast has, you know, sprinkling hemp seeds, nutritional yeast, chia seeds you mentioned. So Mm -hmm. kind of thinking about what you're currently eating, if it's pasta, if you're doing a stir fry, if you're doing a salad, thinking about where you can add nutritional yeast, hemp seeds. Hemp seeds I find are very easy to add to smoothies, smoothie bowls, salads. Mm -hmm. Um, They're neutral in flavor and they have six grams of protein for two tablespoons, but they can add a really good dose of protein, omega-3 fatty acids. They've got lots of calcium, iron, like the minerals that we're very concerned about, you know, we want to make sure we're getting enough of as as athletes. So kind of just being familiar, once you get, once you familiarize yourself with the foods that are easy sources of protein that you can just uh, easily add to meals, you start Mm -hmm. doing that. And then when you look at what you're eating throughout the day, you see it all adds up to give you most of the time, plenty of protein. And and if there's a case where you're still struggling, you have higher protein needs, you're an elite athlete or training really hard, mm-hmm. um, and your protein needs are up between like 1.5 and 2 grams per kilo, then there may be a time where you're adding, you know, a protein powder, plant-based protein powder. Yeah. And occasionally that, that is not, I think, Focusing on whole foods as the first step for getting protein is important because those whole foods come with so many other nutrients, including the fiber that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And then supplementing with a good quality protein powder when you're training during times of training hard is is okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you about those sort of processed or maybe maybe a better way to describe them as refined um, yeah. sources of protein, you know. I know pea protein is a big one. You and I don't want to eat peas and you probably have to eat a ton of peas to get like as much protein as, you know, one scoop of of protein powder. Are there concerns with like relying on that too much? Like if you're, you know, that's your main source of protein. Like, is that, is that a good idea? A bad idea? Is it neutral? Yeah, I think going back to the whole foods approach, a whole foods first approach is best whenever you can, there are times where convenience, you know, for convenience reasons, maybe protein powder works. If you're running out the door, that's Mm -hmm. better than no protein at all. But when you rely on solely protein powders, your protein intake, you're missing out on so many other nutrients that we were just discussing, like the hemp seeds, there's Mm omega three and the whole hemp seeds. Like when you take the protein just from the pea or just from the hemp seed, you're extracting it from this whole food, you're leaving all of the other components behind. So you're leaving Mm -hmm. behind the fiber and the healthy fats and the carbohydrate that will also help, help to fuel performance and any of the micronutrients. So um, there may be some added to the protein powder, but uh, but you're still missing the whole component. And there's so much to be learned from the whole food. We know, you know, in research studies, there's so many. There we've seen studies where 
you know, I, I don't use an example of say carrots or that are high in carotenes that can maybe prevent can that prevent cancer. And then you isolate the vitamin A and just give somebody a supplement, it doesn't have the same effect. Mm. So isolating one nutrient from a food doesn't always have the same effect as the whole food. Right. In the case of protein, when you're just trying to boost your protein intake, I think as a supplement, treating it just as that, a supplement to what you're eating is really important. The other comment about, um, just the other thought about protein powders is to look for third-party testing okay. because a lot of protein powders and in fact plant-based protein powders um, sometimes score higher in this category than say whey protein powders this is not a category you want to score higher in <laughs> is um the uh, is heavy metals oh, wow. so i think looking for reputable brands that test for heavy metals and disclose the amount of heavy metals. Um, I mean, they're naturally found in our soil. So it's going to, you get heavy metals in foods. We get them all the time, but they just happen to be consumer reports did studies years ago that showed that protein powders specifically had a lot of have contained a lot of heavy metals. So just mm. looking for brands to disclose that on their website and that brands that do third party testing is really important. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, you, you've said it many different ways, but you know, a whole foods based diet is going to be the best one because in addition to these macronutrients, these three main sort of building blocks, there's all these micronutrients and you cover those in your book. I didn't count. I think there's almost a dozen chapters on like various micronutrients that are important for people and specifically for athletes. Are there any that you want to touch on that are like particularly important or that might be challenging for vegan athletes to to get through their diet? Sure. I would say vegans uh, across the board, B12 is one that's difficult for mm. any vegans. Um, there aren't specific recommendations for athletes, but I do recommend B12 supplementation for anyone who's completely vegan following mostly plant-based diet. It's difficult to get from food. And it's not, it's just that our soils used to be replete with B12 and now they're not. And oh, the way wow. that animals get their B12 is animals get supplemented. So they're just like the <laughs> middle animal oh, wow. between. Wow. So, um, so we're just going right to the supplement. Yeah. So yes, B12 is one. Um, the other, so these aren't necessarily athlete specific, but just I'll go into that in, in just a second, but um, the B12 and then the, uh, iodine is another one that is in dairy because it's used to clean dairy cows so it oh. naturally gets <laughs> wow. into dairy yeah. and it's something that when we remove dairy and fish from our diets that iodine is something to consider so you know years we have iodized salt that's mm -hmm. one way right. to get it you know you can get a quarter to a half a teaspoon a day if you use you know if you cook with salt at all i that's how i get my iodine personally yeah. i just add it to what i'm cooking and don't worry about it but most of us use kosher we feel like kosher salt is like the more you know i don't know you see it on all the cooking right. shows that that's the good stuff that you're supposed to use. But yeah, to your point, it doesn't have iodine. So I yeah, know it's tough. Yeah. There's so many salts out like the kosher and then you've got pink Himalayan. You, right. There's salt in a different flavor. So I think if you're, we're talking from like a culinary perspective, it's different than from a nutritional perspective. <laughs> right. I use, I, I know my husband it does not love the iodized salt and right. But I'm like, you're getting your iodine, yeah, so you're going to enjoy it. So, <laughs> yeah, I know that it's it's tough sometimes, like balancing the culinary and what tastes best and yeah. looks nice on the plate versus the nutritional components. So figuring that out. But if you take a multivitamin that has iodine in it, then you're covered there and you, mm -hmm. you can use whatever salt you'd like. Um, and then also sea vegetables are a great source of iodized salt. So those are the okay. three ways that people following uh, only plant-based diet can get um, iodine. And then vitamin D is an issue uh, and this is actually very yes very specific for athletes it helps with muscle contraction and mm -hmm. immune system and endurance um there's so much emerging research around vitamin d vegan or not like most so many folks are not getting enough vitamin d yeah. um and it really does depend i mean the most natural and best way to get vitamin d is by spending some time outdoors right mm -hmm. now where we are in atlanta we have the opportunity to get some sunshine you know throughout the day or not because it's so hot i'm in the air conditioning as much That's as true. I can be. <laughs> 
That's true. <laughs> yes, we're not going out until the sun has completely set because it yeah, is too night, hot to go outside. Or popular yeah. right now. Yeah. I bet. Um, this is true. Yeah. And then you hit fall and winter and we have shorter days and nights, so it can be more difficult to get the sunshine. So if you're not getting adequate sunshine, I do recommend that people, you know, get the vitamin D levels checked if they um, are concerned about it. And mm-hmm. it's possible that you might need supplementation and athletes might need a little bit more. So those are three biggies. And the I mentioned the omega-3s mm-hmm. as well. And omega-3s, again, vegan or not, omega-3 fatty acids are so important for inflammation and recovery. Yeah. So either adding those plant-based foods that we talked about or taking an omega-3 um, supplement. There are algae supplements that are vegan. As I mentioned, they are, um, they're effective and they're more sustainable than mm. fish omega threes. Those are the biggies. The other, the other two big nutrients of concern for athletes, I'll just briefly mention just to debunk anything is, um, calcium because we've been talking about dairy a little bit yeah. and, and this is as a dietitian in my earlier years would say, make sure you drink. And I worked a lot with women in pregnancy, have dairy with every, you know, drink your milk and get enough calcium during pregnancy. And you don't need to, I, and, um, there are so many plant-based foods that are so rich in calcium and, mm. The absorption is what's really most important in calcium. The absorption in many dairy products is about 30%. Um, if you compare, I kind of like the comparison of soy milk with dairy milk. Soy is um, such a great option for plant-based eaters because soy has equivalent protein a cup of soy is going to have eight to 12 grams of protein per cup. It's another actually great Mm. way to get protein, by the way. Um, If choosing like a plant-based milk and you want to boost your protein intake, soy is a wonderful way to do that. Soy milk and dairy milk has about eight grams of protein, but also the calcium absorption from soy and dairy are about the same. It's about 30% absorption. Mm. So look for fortified um, plant-based milks that have calcium, vitamin D. It's always like, um, if folks are worried about their mineral intake or their vitamin intake, if, if you do drink plant-based milk um, and you want to give yourself a little bit of reinsurance, mm-hmm. looking for fortification on the side of the nutritional label, just oh. seeing that the percentages are like, you know, 25 to 35% vitamin D, calcium, it means they have added, or you can look at the ingredient label to see if they've added some fortification. It's a good way to get some reassurance, but also kale. This is... Um, hmm that it's packed with calcium and the absorption of calcium from kale is 65%. So it's highly absorbable. Hmm. And then you're also getting calcium in nuts and seeds and beans and Mm -hmm. um, figs and oranges. Like there are so many ways to get calcium. So I do, if folks are worried about getting enough calcium, if they're cutting out dairy, they can always use, um, like one of those online apps, MyFitnessPal or Chronometer, and just add their intake Mm -hmm. for the day to see how their calcium adds up. And calcium, calcium's good for hydration too, right? Like is it, I don't know that it's an electrolyte or maybe it is, but it's one of the things that like helps helps your body absorb. Yeah. Yes. Like your electrolyte balance, muscle contraction, Mm -hmm. nervous system. It's such a crucial part uh, for athletes in performance. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, staying hydrated and acid-based balance. Like, yes, absolutely. It's one of those minerals that plays a key role in so many aspects of training. Yeah. And the last thing is iron. Vegans tend to have a little bit lower iron stores, but they're not necessarily more any more anemic. And those okay. low iron stores may actually be beneficial because when you have lower, when you're like borderline, not not low below like suboptimal, but when you're on the lower end of normal, you actually absorb more iron from foods. And again, same thing with calcium. You can get a lot of iron from plant based foods and. What's interesting is that um, natural pairings of plant-based foods can help with the absorption of iron. So take beans, for example, black beans, let's just say tacos. Black beans are a wonderful source of iron, jam-packed with iron. Mm -hmm. When you make a taco, you've got maybe your corn tortilla, you add some black beans to it, you add some salsa, salsa um, made with tomatoes, rich in vitamin C, and has onions. So onions, um, allium vegetables like onions, garlic, scallions, 
can increase the absorption of iron by sevenfold. Oh, wow. Vitamin C, foods that are high in vitamin C, like tomatoes, peppers, can increase um, the iron absorption fivefold. So Mm -hmm. naturally, or if you think about pasta, like say maybe chickpea pasta is a great source of iron. You add tomato sauce to it. Tomato sauce is a great source of vitamin C. So again, natural pairings of plant-based foods can really enhance iron absorption. Mm. So... That was a very long answer to your question about <laughs> micronutrients. Sorry, but those are just a couple of concerns that people have, I think, when going vegan or wanting to incorporate plant-based foods. Can I get enough calcium? And am I going to become anemic? You know, can I absorb iron the same? Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like we're talking a lot about like the challenges and that you might not get enough of this um, with a plant-based diet. Like, what about the flip side? And this is from me too. I mean, I I guess I've you know, looked into this a lot and I understand a lot of the advantages of a plant-based diet, but what, what are some of the other ones that we haven't touched on? Like what are some advantages that athletes in particular will get um, from eating more plants versus maybe someone who doesn't? Mm, Yeah. Thank you for asking that. Right. I, I, and everything we just talked about, plants still are bountiful with so many more nutrients. I think the Mm -hmm. phytochemicals and the fiber are like two standouts, but just to reiterate, like the B12 issue was not an issue years ago when the soil was, you know, fascinating sufficient in B12, but now it is. So, you know, there are a few things and the vitamin D is something for everybody. And the omega threes is something for everybody, not just vegans. And what you can get more other than the phytonutrients and the, um, the phytochemicals and, the fiber, of course, like those alone stand out as yeah, superstars fiber, in the plant kingdom. Sure. Yeah, the, I'm yeah. getting educated on that. Yeah. Also, magnesium mm. is so important for athletes, and it is abundantly found in plant-based foods, in leafy greens, in beans, in whole grains, nuts and seeds, you can get so much magnesium and magnesium is something that a lot of athletes have played around with supplementation. There's not really sufficient evidence to show that supplementation can enhance performance. But magnesium is is a component of over 300 enzymatic reactions in our body. Hmm. It helps with sleep. It um, can help with cognition. It helps with muscle contraction. So it's so important for, um, it's important for endurance. And once you start adding more plants to your plate, you're adding more magnesium. So that's Mm. definitely a standout nutrient that um, is highlighted in the book. And um, athletes can, will up their intake once they start adding more plants to their plate. And then also B vitamins, again, whole grains, B vitamins are so necessary for converting the macronutrients that we're eating into energy and Mm -hmm. whole grains, uh, beans are just loaded with B vitamins. So you'll naturally boost your B vitamin intake, copper, and again, vitamin C, copper, two essential um, micronutrients that are important for collagen building, which is important for everything from our joints to our skin, to our mm. muscles. So again, and that repair. Yeah. So vitamin C and copper are part of um, that repair and recovery and rebuilding that we need um, after training. Mm. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you and I were talking about before we started the show uh, is how do you stick to a plant-based diet when you're traveling? Do you have any tips for that? Because I always found that really tough, especially when you're like on the road, maybe you're driving uh, to go ride your bike somewhere. Or for me, even like bikepacking where you're like kind of living off of gas station food and just kind of eating whatever you can find, like what tips do you have for folks who are trying to stick to a plant-based diet uh, when they travel? Yeah, that is such a good question. And it can be challenging specifically for the, like the bike packing and you've got gas stations or fast food around you and it can be yeah. challenging. And to be clear, a gas station is not good nutrition for anybody, no matter no. what their diet is. But <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. That is definitely a challenge, especially, I mean, Depending on where you are, there may be some that offer more than others, but I would say 
nut and seed butters are going to be your best friend, crackers and nut and seed butters. If you mm-hmm. are able to travel with food, um, whole grain crackers with nut and seed butters. And then also, uh, if you could pre-make energy balls, so something simple mm-hmm. like oatmeal and another seed yeah. butter and some of those seeds that we were talking about, um, can easily, and maybe like a little bit of maple syrup to sweeten it or dates. Those will go take you very far. So if you're able to travel with those, but if you're looking for options at these places, I know it becomes like a treasure hunt sometimes, but anywhere you can find colorful plant-based foods. So if you, if your option is a fast food restaurant and they have tomatoes in a salad and you're able Mm -hmm. to opt for that, then, or if they have a big potato and some salsa, then, you know, anywhere you can find any of those colorful plant-based foods, try to incorporate those for the antioxidants and the anti-inflammatory effects. Mm -hmm. As far as protein, that could be a little bit more challenging at fast food places. If you're trying to stick with plant-based, more and more fast food is offering Plant-based, they're offering plant-based options. Of course, they are, a lot of them are. You're not going to get the whole food option. A lot of our process with the pea protein that we talked about before. But, you know, I mean, you got to realize that it's not going to be perfection on the road. And (laughs) you're going to do the best you can. But I think the most important thing is finding some color. So at the gas station, you know, there are some, depending on some of the larger gas stations may offer some fruit. Of course, that's always a good option. And then like dry packs of things that like you can do. If you can grab some oats on the road or cereal on the road and, mm-hmm. and get um, powdered coconut milk and then rehydrate it. That's mm-hmm. another way that you can just bring or like dried berries. I think dried food yeah, is always I did helpful. a lot of that for oh, sure. Good. Yeah. Dried fruits and nuts and cherries and things like that yeah they're super convenient like yeah you don't have to obviously refrigerate them or you know you stuff them in a pack and just kind of snack on them throughout the day yeah but yeah you're not going to be able to buy that stuff so you do have to plan ahead a lot of times planning ahead is so important and yeah absolutely and i think Planning ahead, knowing what you're most likely not going to get, that really helps to fuel your performance. Again, going back to what you mentioned, you know, what makes you perform your best. And if it is fruit, like colorful fruits, berries or cherries, and think about your travel plans and either dried or dehydrated. Um, A lot of times I'll make like if I have got excess fruit or if i know that i'm traveling there there are dehydrated packs that you could purchase Mm. so dehydrating foods you could put your oven even if you don't have a dehydrator put your oven on the lowest setting lay everything out flat on a baking sheet um and let them sit in there until they are nice and crispy and they become a perfect i've done this with raspberries strawberries blueberries Mm. and they are just like super powered with antioxidants and then you can easily travel with them and add them to um, you know, yogurt or cereal, or as you're traveling, snack on them. Um, you could do the same thing with kale. Every, you, you know, you, mm-hmm. kale chips, for example. Yeah. Um, kale is so powered with nutrition, and again, dehydrating it. So anything that you know that powers you on your normal day to day routine, if you're able to dehydrate that, plan ahead and dehydrate that, and bring it with you. Um, that could be a great way to still incorporate it while you're traveling. Yeah. Yeah. And the cool thing, you know, bikepacking, it is all about like, you know, you don't have a lot of space. You don't want to carry a lot of weight. And for me, that's just a natural for like dehydrating food and, you know, like a bag, a Ziploc bag full of walnuts. That's a lot of calories, like in a small space that you can carry. And it's going to, you know, I've found it lasts a long time. I usually end up with stuff left over at the end. Cause I'm like, I, I can't even eat all this. Um, and I also like what you said about looking for color. I mean, go into any gas station or even a fast food restaurant and like, you're gonna see a lot of Brown, like everything is Brown. And so <laughs> anything that's like a different color from that is going to stand out. And yeah, that makes it, that's kind of a fun way to look at it, I guess, like in terms of finding things, other things that your body needs other than just like those carby uh, kind of foods that are readily available. Right. You know, you're going to find them and uh, yes, they'll be easy to find. So it's those other foods that you want to kind of think about. Yeah. It is still hard to find color. In places, <laughs> but it can be a fun treasure hunt. And yeah, I love your comment too about 
walnuts and any kind of nuts and seeds, they can take you very far and a lot of calories in a small volume that you need to carry with you. So they're always a safe option to bring with you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, finally, I want to ask you, um, where does like diet fall into the grand scheme of things uh, for athletes, in your opinion? Like, is nutrition like the most important thing? Is it like, I don't know, secondary? Or, or is it like, you know, kind of the last thing? I know for me, not as a professional athlete or anything, but nutrition was was never like the first thing that I thought about um, in terms of like athletic performance. But in your opinion, like where, where does it fall for, for people who want to get faster or stronger? I do feel like it's a key component. Like if you want to, um, obviously we talked a lot about recovery here. So it's so essential to repairing and building um, and preparing you for the next day's training session or race mm-hmm. or, you know, wh- whatever your goal is, it's obviously so key for refueling. So if you're out for a long ride and you have depleted all of your glycogen stores, obviously carbohydrate, you, we've talked about this, but you know, you, your listeners know carbohydrate is going to be the main source, but there's so much more that like, of course that's going to refuel your glycogen stores and prepare you for the next day. But then again, going back to all of those nutrients that come with it, that's that assist in mm-hmm. using the carbohydrate, the vitamins, the minerals, the phytonutrients that are going to fight any of the inflammation that came from, um, you know, the adaptation phase or you're like breaking things down. If you're pushing yourself harder and you're breaking tissue down, you need those nutrients to mm-hmm. repair that tissue. In addition to sleep, and hydration, which Mm -hmm. is so important. So, you know, I think restoring your electrolyte balance, I think that's so subtle. Sometimes it may not be obvious. And sometimes we get used to athletes push so hard, you know, you're so strong and you're, you're, you want to be mentally focused and you are, and you're like motivated to keep pushing. But it just, um, I think like what you mentioned earlier in the conversation that you noticed your VO2 max went up, like just let subtle things when you make some subtle changes in your diet, taking note of how it affects you. Mm-hmm. So uh, with nutrition, again, adding more plants to your plate to see if you sleep better, if you can ride longer, if you feel stronger, if you're if you're more focused, um, if you're navigating trails, uh, more efficiently, you know, that I think you notice like these subtle differences, mm-hmm. but you know, your, your motivation and your stamina and your energy, your internal motivation for getting back up on the bike and keep going, can keep you going. Like that'll keep you going, but like how much better, like how much more can you do if yeah. you really had a good solid nutrition plan? And that might be a lot until you test it during training, you don't really know. So I just think it could be a fun experiment and just see like, okay, what happens when I add blueberries to my plate every day and start yeah. adding more fiber to my plate? Of course, with the fiber component, we've talked a lot about this. I feel like I need to mention that, you know, if you're in competition, you don't want to start boosting your fiber intake like the day before competition. Right. But if you <laughs> um, experiment with it and, and gradually increase fiber. So if we're in this conversation now and folks are taking note of their fiber and they're realizing they're only getting 15 grams a day or, maybe 20 grams, but they want to boost to 30, like gradually increase their fiber intake and make sure to also consume plenty of fluids to keep it moving through because the boost in fiber, a bump, a, a big boost in fiber, or if you all of a sudden diversify your diet, I have people coming to me sometimes who are like, I, you know, I eat meat and dairy and just give me a plant-based diet. I just want to go plant-based tomorrow. <laughs> and I do not recommend it because it, that boost, that diversification in fiber and the amount of fiber all at once. Like you're going to be very angry at me tomorrow because you're going to have (laughs) belly pains. You're not going to feel well, you know, so it really should be gradual, especially for athletes Mm. because it can affect your performance. And obviously you want your digestion to be on par when you're out training. But the other factors too, like in addition to diet, we talked a lot about sleep, cannot emphasize that enough. I, think sleep is such a fascinating topic and how it affects your mental and physical performance day to day. In addition to training as like they're, they're just, I just can't put enough um, Mm. like emphasis on how important it is. And diet can also affect your sleep as we talked about um, earlier. And then, you know, your environment and stress can also affect training. So diet is such a huge component, but there's so many different facets that can affect training and stress going back to how it's all interrelated. 
plant-based diets have been shown to um, decrease anxiety. You know, mental health is hmm. it's so important and um, cognition and focus for athletes. Um, but, you know, diet can affect stress and then stress can also affect the gut microbiome. So again, it's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. Um, stress can disrupt the gut microbiome and diet can enhance the gut microbiome. It can also help to reduce stress. And it's all interrelated. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. diet being at like the core of so much of it. Right. Yeah. And that's such a great perspective on diet, like just kind of looking at it, taking the approach, especially as an athlete of like trying different things and seeing how it affects your performance. And, you know, are you seeing a benefit or not? Because like you said, everybody, like even, you know, there are like objectively healthier diets, uh, some more than others, but like you said, people's bodies work differently. And so like, you may be able to process things on a different level than somebody else. And so, yeah, it sounds like, it is good to figure out what works for you and really like pay attention to your body and like kind of gradually, uh, ideally like figure these things out and not kind of jump into a, an all new diet at once. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jeff, like just think about what you're currently eating. Where can you insert some plants? So like mm-hmm. kind of think of like, um, abundance, like adding so many different diets are restrictive or you can't have this, but this is more about where can you add some things Mm. where do you eat a sandwich every day? Can you add avocado and sprouts to that sandwich? Do you have oatmeal in the morning? Can you add nuts and seeds and berries? You know, maybe a lot of folks are already doing that, but like where else can you insert Mm -hmm. plants to diversify? It's really all about diversity of plants and um, yeah, just getting a wide variety to keep that gut microbiome healthy, which is going to keep inflammation at bay, fuel your performance and enhance your nutrition, but it takes time to get there. And like you said, everybody is so individualized. So just noting what makes you function at your best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, Nicole, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. I learned a ton. Uh, Hopefully our our listeners did as well. Um, And yeah, we're excited for your new book. So thanks. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. I appreciate it. And thanks to everybody for tuning in today. Yeah. Well, you can find the Vegan Athletes Nutrition Handbook uh, at bookstores and online. Um, And you can also check out Nicole's website, purelyplanted.com. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. That's all we've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week.